Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the same old show. It's the uh, Explain Yourself. It is usually the Explain Yourself Kickstarter roundtable, but tonight it is the Kickstarter triangle. We have one <laughs> guest with us tonight, Matt Merrill-Lowry. Uh, we're going to get into what what his entire journey uh, from, <laughs> from little tyke to, to writer as we go through this week. But Will, you and I have took, took about three weeks off from each other, so I want to catch up. How were your holidays? How was your New Year's? Uh, it's nice. Uh, Mike, uh, so my son and his wife live with us and he brought in, he, he teaches. So he brought a nice present home for us and we all got the flu. Okay. All right. All right. Well, um, um, you know, and teachers say that they don't get things for free. I, uh, <laughs> but we're all healthy and, uh, we survived. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice break. Definitely needed a, a break from everything. How about you? Uh, yeah, no, we, we, we had, we were pretty busy. Uh, we had birthdays, Christmas, New Year's, we had a bowl game. I took my kid up to Orlando to see her first, uh, college football game and our team won. So she actually got to realize that 
this thing that dad pays attention to 11 Saturdays a year is kind of fun when you're there. Uh, so I'm hoping to, you know, get that bug into her ear. Although she's going to high school next year. So I think when she goes to the high school football games and just sees that there's a whole social aspect, I think I'll, I'll, I'll finally have a football buddy. Uh, but, uh, you know, you got, you got to, you got to, you got to work on it. And this, this was the first year I could try it. So, uh, yeah, we're good. We're good. I'm, I'm ready to get going, ready to start talking comics, start making comics. Um, and, uh, so let's, let's, uh, let's talk to Matt, Matt, we always do the 32nd pitch. Uh, I know we're going to go down the, this is your life for writing, but let's talk <laughs> very shortly about the project in case somebody only listens to the first part. So what is Thoughtscape? Yeah, sure. So Thoughtscape Comics is an anthology sort of in the tradition of 2000 AD, Black Mirror, The Twilight Zone, Dark Horse Presents, for anybody who remembers that title, uh, that features uh, stories written by me and art from an amazing array of creators, uh, to we have two ongoing stories per issue to self-contained stories per issue and the kickstarter right now at thoughtscape2023.com is for issues one through three um if you already picked up the first one you can get the second one or sorry the second and the third one and if you uh yeah so you any, any combo you can get what you need um from the series and yeah, we're just hoping to kind of get on sort of a, as you said, get to making comics and mm -hmm. get on a regular schedule um, or, you know, as regular as the uh, indie self-published creator owned thing can be. Um, yeah. So hopefully people will check it out um, and uh, get their sort of thriller, sci-fi, horror, sci-fi uh, plot twist kind of game on. So, yeah, no, I, I really want to get into it because uh, we, we read issues one and two. Uh, last year so i'm yeah. ex stupid excited to get issue three um and uh physically hold one and two in my hands so i'm really happy that you're running this so i can i can have them in my in my long boxes but um so let's go back every every yeah. hero and villain has an origin story <laughs> so what what made you decide uh that crazy make em ups were the thing you wanted to do uh, I mean, I think I definitely was into this when I was a kid. I, you know, I grew up um, in the 80s uh, watching all the 80s action TV shows um, back in the day. Greatest American Hero type. Oh, yeah. 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 I was I was a uh, I can't forget his character name, but Robert Culp's character on Greatest oh. American Hero was sort of my. Uh, yeah. I let my friends be the superhero and I, as long as I can be. Um, so yeah, I was way into that stuff. Um, and around fifth grade or so, I remember I wrote like a short story in a, in class and, uh, the teacher really liked it and thought, um, that, uh, it was well done. And so I was, you know, t I guess taken with getting that feedback and everything, of yeah, course. That affirmation. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, like when my babysitter was over, I would have I would like dictate a team scripts to her, and she would like type them out on our old, uh, you know, IBM typewriter, which is a ridiculous thing to imagine making somebody do. But uh, I did that, and uh, so I was definitely into it then. And I, you know, then I got into comics um, with the with the GI Joe comics, the Larry Hama GI Joe comics, uh, the. X-Men around like issue 200 or so. And those were sort of my gateways into comics. And uh, when I got into that, I was, you know, I 
I couldn't really draw very well, but I would, um, you know, trace the figures in the handbook of the Marvel universe. And then like kind of design costumes over the top of that and whatnot. And then like put together, you know, binders of my own, you know, uh, universe of characters. Any, uh, any real ludicrous characters you created back then that you cringe now? No, I mean, I think probably the cringiness of it is like that was right at the cusp of becoming a teenager and I had read Watchmen and stuff. So I was like, it, it was the, it was young kid meeting like the concepts like, ooh, what, you know, what lyrics can I throw in at the end of this story to make it really <laughs> sing? Um, so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, dark, I guess, you know, fake darkness or you, darkness. You, Using like Debbie Gibson lyrics right. to try to darken. <laughs> I was a your... little, I was a little more like Pink Floyd. I think by the gotcha. time that came around, okay. but yeah, a lot of Dark Side of the Moon business. Um, I'm guessing, and I'm pretty sure at least one. So uh, yeah, so I did that, and I would keep, you know, when I played with my GI Joe figures, I would keep like notes of what was happening and like the storyline and all that business. So oh, I was in, awesome. I was into have... it for sure. I Do I don't know. They were, they were on like these. I had like a the very eighties feeling thing to me, like a notepad that was like probably three by three and like, you know, just really tall, probably from like the equivalent of hot topic or something. Right. And uh, <laughs> so they were like on those tiny sheets of paper. I don't know if I have any of those anywhere. I probably do somewhere in the garage, but um, I, I hope someday you find those because those have got to be fun. You know, <laughs> they would probably be pretty funny. There was lots of, you know, like, uh, yeah, long nights on the Delta on the hovercraft, you know, um, that kind of business. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, and then after that, you know, I, I got into comics pretty, uh, pretty deep for three or four years and then getting into high school, I kind of like fell off a little bit. And then I was, uh, I was in a band and I got into like writing songs and stuff for Debbie Gibson stuff, Debbie Gibson stuff, for, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, 15, 15 or, uh, 18 years or so. Um, and yeah. And then I just kind of had always been, um, you know, so I'd always kind of been writing on the side and everything. And I wanted to uh, see if I could really take a shot at it. And that's when I started coming up with a few stories, one of which was the story that became Life Formed um, that Dark Horse put out uh, in 2017. Um, and yeah, and that's sort of where it got. So at that point, you know, I just kind of like really tried to I'd taken creative writing classes in college and everything. And so, but I hadn't really studied since then um, and gone into any kind of detail with uh, trying to become a writer. So I tried to really sort of study up on uh, a few different fronts and including comics. Um, although I'd been reading comics, I got back into it again, probably 2002 or so. Um, so yeah. So I just, uh, sort of went for it and um, decided that comics would be the way to go uh, and see if I can make something happen. So when you're, you want to take this step into, cause you know, people ask me this question and I kind of think it's an interesting thing. You want to, you want to step into creative writing. How do you decide that comics are the medium you want to take that stab at writing in as opposed to short stories, novels, or screenwriting, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of, what I did, I would say like it was sort of simultaneous. I was simultaneously, I was very into comics and I was very into the idea of writing uh, like writing for TV. It was like the mm -hmm. height of, you know, the beginning of prestige TV or whatever mm -hmm. we want to call it. Um, and so 
I did a lot of like screenwriting studying. Um, right. That was actually where a lot of a lot of my time was spent then, and you know just reading tons and tons of scripts um, as whether they were TV scripts or film scripts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like it sort of ended up being a combination of. Uh, so I, I, the idea that was, that became life formed in its first state, I submitted it to a, uh, I forget what it's called. There's a TV conference in Austin, um, that was going on back then. And I sent it in for a pitch contest and it got into like the top 25 or something like that. It gave me enough, like, or enough, uh, I guess, confidence in the general idea that Mm -hmm. I could keep massaging it. And then I was realizing at the same time that, um, that you, that making comics was way more feasible. And then Mm -hmm. also sort of, it was dawning on me that like I was spending most of my time reading comics and I loved comics all my life. For some reason I never, like it took, uh, so uh, to back up a little bit more, I, I do UX design for my day job. And so I'm on the, I was on the board of like a community college visual communications department. I was looking at all the uh, students' portfolios and a guy had some comics pages in his portfolio. And I don't know why it took something so completely literal as that for me to go like, I could hire an artist and we could make comics. But that, that all happened sort of at the same time. And I was like, Oh, this is, achievable and something about just seeing his original art there and having it be so close and mm-hmm. uh and just like oh i could i could do this i could find somebody to work with we could um we could take this idea that i'm cooking up and make something that is you know something i've been enjoying all my life so i don't yeah. i don't think that's such an odd thing though before no. crowd before crowdfunding kind of in in my opinion my experience i'm gonna ask will what he thinks about this when I decided to try to do this, the their Kickstarter may have existed, but I hadn't heard of it yet. And it was kind of like, oh, so I've got an artist who wants me to work with them on this idea. Well, we need to do three issues so that we can pitch it to the people that will let us make a comic. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there was just this, it, the the barriers were so they weren't physical, but you saw them. You knew what the barriers were. You knew the doors you had to get opened, even if you didn't know how to get them open. Yeah. You you saw those doors. So I can see not visualizing making a comic at that time. Whereas now, because people like us are out there saying, hey, you can do it. I think it's, I think it's less likely that someone wouldn't think of it now as 10 or 15 years right. ago when you're having this thought. What do you think, Will? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was weird because I had a chance. So I went out and found an artist. It's been a long time ago at this point. And we did like the first issue, you know, like you said, you need, you need, you found a gatekeeper. And finally, we found a publisher and got the four issues done in, and it was in previews. And then I was like, yes. Now, next stop Marvel, right? Yeah. And, but then nothing happened for literally years. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it wasn't until, um, actually it wasn't until I went to a con and, uh, I think I, I was talking to a creator and I cannot remember, I cannot remember his name, but, um, Neil like, yeah, I've got these, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure <that> was <laughs> and I was like, yeah, cause he had just done a Kickstarter thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, 
uh, he's an artist from Australia. Ben Ben Templesmith, maybe. Hmm. Maybe. I, I mean, and I don't know like, the name, yeah. but I don't know where it's from. Yeah. He just he, he had just done a Kickstarter, and he go and you know I was talking just chatting with him because nobody else was mm-hmm. you know I was I was there and he was there so. And I mentioned that, you know, I've got these four issues. Well, why don't you kickstart a trade of them? I'm like, uh, wow, (laughs) really? Uh, I don't know why not. So, you know, and then that led to a failed Kickstarter, which led me to Comics Tribe and and Mm -hmm. Tyler James and Comics Launch. And that was really the kind of the, the impetus behind, you know, you, you can do this. Here's how here, here is a, a, you know, a step-by-step guide to how you can do this. And then the weird thing, ultimately, because with Crossover Division, it was going to be, we're going to do an, eight pa- an eight-page story, and that's going to be our pitch package, right? And then this little pandemic thing happened and closed everything down, except mm-hmm. crowdfunding. Right. And And so, I mean, that really kind of, at least, for me, it opened my eyes that, you know, crowdfunding, there is no gatekeeper. You know, mm-hmm. if you can make a book and get enough people to see it, then you can do whatever you want. And that, I mean, that really kind of opened my eyes was, you know, that we really can, you know, it, it, it enables us to do whatever we want to do without having to be, you know, beholden to some gatekeeper or some company or something else. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, I, and, and I'll sure Matt, Matt can speak more to this too. And you can too, Kevin is I did not create any of the comics that I've created so that they could be made into a movie. No, yeah. I, I, I want to make comics. Now, it'd be nice if I got paid to do that, but that's a whole nother <laughs> argument, you know. I want to make comics, right? right. <laughs> I mean, and, I mean, is that kind of the way you guys feel too? Yeah, one, especially now, I think 100%. Like, I think for when I was starting out, it was mostly, I think I was a little bit aimless, you know, until I started mm-hmm. locking in. But as soon as I got, you know, uh, in the case of life form, as soon as I got pages back from Cassie and like, I was just like, that's it right like it, it was just like pretty instantly i was like this is what i was supposed to do and i think i think part of it for me was like i think i held comics in such like crazy high esteem um because they're so like i don't know like they're artifacts to me right like they're mm-hmm. artifacts from like another time almost <laughs> and i've had all my comics since i was 10 i still have that you know so it's like um it somehow feels more uh, sacrosanct is that's the word I want to use. like then a TV show like a TV show yeah. seems like it's sort of ephemeral lots yeah. of people are making them you just mm-hmm. need to shoot it on your iPhone I mean there's all sorts of stuff but like somehow the comic was way more uh, way more important or totemic or something to me and so mm-hmm. I think that almost like made it so until I saw that art and just went oh it's just art on a page mm-hmm. I can find someone <laughs> to do it like uh like let's go you know um and and now with thoughtscape i mean that's definitely the case like you know i've had a few people ask me like well if this got adapted i'm like i don't i don't know i mean that'd be sure that's awesome if if i can make more comics because of it that's great 
Um, but like try to make one, try to make the story Carl and I are doing into a team, whatever, like that's not going to work. Um, you're you're not going to, you're not going to find a director (laughs) that can sling ink, uh, like a, a a mama Gemma, like Carl does. No, (laughs) and it's, and you know, like it's that you want to be able to go back to, I was talking, I've been talking to all the Thoughtscape artists and doing a little podcast with, uh, where I just kind of, we talk back and forth and, um, like the power of just being able to revisit that image over and over again. I mean, I guess it's the same thing as the totem comic, but like, uh, it's like, it's so, um, so powerful to just be able to like, have it just stick in your head as that page, you know? And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, I think it's the best. I think you can pull off stuff in comics that you truly can't do in anything else. Yeah. I, I'm not as, um, noble or, you know, as as you guys, (laughs) It was purely the fact of I had written two screenplays with buddies and spent months or a year on those. And they're in a drawer over there. (laughs) And we've had exactly seven people read them. And I do not have $400,000 to make a movie of those screenplays. Why not, Kevin? Why not? <laughs> but I thought maybe I could come up with two thousand dollars at the time to make one comic. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the work that I put into whatever the storytelling was, I could get into people's hands and they could enjoy it. Um, now, I don't, I don't take a movie script and just have someone draw it. That's, and I know some people do that, and I'm not, I'm not disparaging that. It's just. I, I, the things that I make as comics, I make as comics because it's a, you, you got to use the strength of the medium or you're going, or it's going to look like you're just drawing a screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was simply a fact of, I real it really sucks that we work like a year on this and the only people who know exists are the three of us, my wife, his girlfriend, and that, that one lady that was willing to read it, you know, that... <laughs> So it, to me, it was just, it makes financial sense that you can do this thing. And that was before crowdfunding made it even, you know, more plausible to do this over and over again. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it always, it both surprises me, and I guess doesn't surprise me at the same time, but comics are so hard to make and they take so much time and effort and labor from you know right the art of course you know is, is hugely labor intensive but the whole process just takes so much time attention and effort that if that's not what you want to make mm-hmm. why are you wasting that time right i mean yeah if you want to make a movie then figure that out i mean i know that's hard too but if that's what you really want to make Go make that because we need more movies that people are passionate about. If you want to make comics, then make comics, right? Yeah. I mean, and even that now people can make a movie on their iPhone. Exactly. There is there are movies that have been entirely shot and edited on their iPhones. Um, so, like technology, crowdfunding, it is it is allowing people to follow whatever that that dream they actually have, so people can actually find it, and that's really neat. Um, I think it's neat when <laughs> I'll just say I think it's neat when technology allows people to make their own artwork. I'm not sure that I, I, I love <laughs> the term where technology is making art for people, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but I love it. I love that you know you know 
I know that Will's artist is in um, what you've got one in Spain, one in Italy. My artist uh, what, is in France. Right, Alice is in France, and uh, Pablo's in Argentina. So. Argentina, okay. Wrong, wrong continent. Same, right language. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, Matt, you've got artists everywhere. You know, Carl's over, yeah. I think, New York, but you've got artists everywhere. And the technology allows that, which, you know, you could fax, you know, I, I know the stories of Alan Moore faxing his scripts oh, to, yeah. you know, people. So you could do that before, but it's, it's a lot easier yeah. to do this. So I love the technology is allowing people to kind of just follow their dreams in, in their, you know, off hours because yeah, um, yeah. I don't think anybody's anybody in the <laughs> screen is making enough just yet <laughs> for it to be our only job, but uh, yeah. we can help. We can help. We can help. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So now you've got um, life formed, you've got thoughtscape. Uh, are, are there other comics that are out there that um, I've missed or is this your, no, that's pretty much it. I mean, like Will said, this is uh, this is hard. Um, even if you know, I I started Thoughtscape so that I could move sort of at my own pace, and right. which I thought was faster um, or would be faster. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I mean, different. You know, it's uh, it's just a challenge, um, and. I think, you know, whether you're talking about the funding of it or sometimes, you know, I've had stories where I've had a couple false starts with artists who didn't work out. And mm -hmm. so a story that seems like it's going to, that came out, you know, came, got written really fast and you yeah. think you've got somebody walked in um, and then suddenly it's two years later and you're finally right. getting pages back. It's just like, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, it's definitely challenging. But yeah, I basically, um, at this point, I feel like, uh, I am just sort of channeling all my ideas into the Thoughtscape format, which mm -hmm. was sort of what I intended it for was to be uh, a place where I could basically tell any kind of story I wanted, as long as it had a loose, the loose underpinnings of technology or sci-fi. Um, mm -hmm. I don't even know if that really matters, but it's, you know, I, I wanted to set up a, a twilight zony place where I could just kind of tell whatever story I wanted to tell. Well, that's a great segue to get into the campaign. I'm going to pull yeah, up yeah. the screen. And what is, what is the basic conceit of Thoughtscape comics? These stories that we come into, how are we finding these particular stories? Yeah. So the overall conceit of Thoughtscape is that in the near future, a evil corporation figures out how to access a fifth dimension where every thought that has ever been thought exists and they figure out how to basically pluck these thoughts from the ether and reconstruct people's lives and thoughts and everything and whatnot so uh, each issue of thoughtscape is presented as if uh the four stories in it are uh being presented to you uh from this co this corporation um and so yeah so they can really be anything um this Stories that I chose to tell as we can, as you're scrolling through here, we've got Thoughtscape 2319 is sort of the flagship uh, rogue trooper, if you know that from 2000 AD years, uh, like sort of the, the linchpin series or uh, I guess serial that runs through all the issues. Um, and it's got a real sort of like alien, uh, you know, out deep space vibe. Um, then we've got action stories like this one, uh, Spy Without a Face by Tyrell Cannon. Um, 
and again, trying to really like take advantage of the fact we can tell any story and visually really mix it up. Um, Tyrell does in in the Thoughtscape issues, uh, the two stories he's done, an awesome black and white with screen tones uh, approach to his uh, tales, um, which is great. Um, and he does incredible action work. And then we've got stuff like Adorable Orphans, which uh, Lisa Nafziger did the art for, way more uh, classic cartooning, pop art sort of style um, with lots of swearing in this issue. Um, <laughs> And so, so you can see right there, I think sort of the breadth of like what I want to do with the short stories, uh, mm -hmm. the self-contained stories, which is, you know, work with different artists with different, you know, wildly different styles, maybe, um, and try to, uh, I guess, you know, really push things in that way, um, and create a real, like, uh, I guess, mixtape sort of feel, um, for mm -hmm. this thing. Uh, and then we talked about Carl earlier, Carl yeah. Slominski. Um, he does the other ongoing serial, which is Ex Post Facto, uh, a Dash Varick misadventure. And it's sort of a, as you can see here, uh, fever dream um, sort of thing uh, in the Sienkiewicz, uh, you know, so, Ralph Stedman sort of approach. So, yeah, yeah we're have, just really I, trying to mix it up. I may have asked you this before. Yeah. Do, do you... <laughs> you you come to Carl and you've got a script. Do you just does he just go? I've got an idea, and then you <laughs> you get a page like this, or do you say I really want you to do something experimental? Like how does how do you guys figure something crazy like this out together? You know, like I so this whole Gorgeous, by the way, yeah, it's amazing, Carl's. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, if I had if I just had all the money in the world, we'd just be working all the time, or I'd mm -hmm. be trying to get him to work <laughs> with me all the time. Um, so this story came about when, in 2020 when things were just completely uh, off the hook across mm. the, everything. Um, I was just kind of keeping like some ramblings in my notes app. And at some point I started to notice enough of a continuity to what I was rambling about that I thought maybe <laughs> it could form a script. And mm -hmm. so I wrote a script and I sent it to Carl, whose art I had discovered right around the same time. And I was like, I don't know if this is anything, but if you want to like give it a shot and he was game, um, he took it. And like, there was one point at which uh, Dash turns into a mushroom cloud in the script. And Carl wrote me, he says, do you mean he really turns into a mushroom cloud? And I was like, yes. <laughs> All right. I got, I get it. And then, and then he just came back with those pages basically like fully formed. So, um, wow. and then we've had, uh, I think like somehow it just set up the thing where like, uh, you know, like in the, in the third issue, I just, in, you know, I just said like, make this panel look like Calvin and Hobbes, make this one do something else. And he just kind of like either, and he's very welcome to, and does sometimes just sort of discard whatever I might say in something, right. like come up with his own thing, uh, which is awesome. Um, it's, it's totally what I'm after. So. Yeah. And you can um, find that, you can find that together by working multiple issues. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, a, I think it's the only, you can only do it through that repetition, which was totally mm -hmm. what I wanted to get at with doing this project was um, mm -hmm. for me to learn more, for me to have a chance to work both with new people a lot, but then also repeat when I could, like I got to work right. with Tyrell a couple times, Dave multiple times, obviously. So uh, yeah, that's, um, that's what uh, we're doing. Kevin, so, yeah. Kevin, can you scroll back up a little bit uh, the, for the, for Carl? Uh, up a little bit more, yeah. That that page, your the lettering is also 
awesome through here. I mean, yeah. what is the letter the same for every one of the, the stories? Do you keep that consistent? Or? Uh, it's not consistent. So Carl does everything okay. in this except for okay. my, my part. Okay. Um, so he does the lettering in this too. I, I've been nice. trying to letter a story per issue because um, I'm still learning. Uh, and then if I can, I like to have the artist do it uh, or have me do it um, just to have one less sort of cog in the machine that takes a long time to move yeah um and and i don't think you know i think carl has to letter this one because it's such a part of the art Um, like if you'll you'll see that like i guess just in these two panels even we've got lots of stuff like outside of the balloons and stuff and like Mm -hmm. in the the music notes above yeah and in the script i just like if i don't want it in a you know in in a caption i just write scrawl and he just puts it wherever he wants to put it so <laughs> okay um yeah the scripts for this are pretty uh pretty crazy pretty fun to do i try to just like have a good time and you know shane black uh screenplay bs all over the place and you know try to roll <laughs> i see this uh, where you have, have like scroll scroll around a um uh-huh. yeah. a narration box that's crazy yeah and, he's, and there's he's, more on the, in that other panel too you know the me 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 in the, yeah. the previous panel yeah. yeah i mean it's yeah. you know he can sling ink and he can letter is there anything i can't do no i mean like and i don't know if you've seen it so he did a, a kickstarter with his wife jenna uh that uh, lady mayhem mm-hmm. i don't did you guys see any of those double page spreads he did you know, they were on the show and it looked like a really cool project, but I'm going to be honest, it's been, what, eight months? Yeah, <laughs> so I, yeah. I remember <laughs> okay. being really cool black and white artwork, yeah. and that's yeah. about what I remember. He's he's doing some, like, John Romita, like, a f- one figure going across both pages in that book. Uh, okay. When it comes out, I think it's going to be jaw-droppers. Yeah, I don't, I, I sort of feel like Carl should be sort of running half the industry by this point. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, did, not. I did make a very, I think, shrewd investment. They were selling uh, pages of... Um, was there a vampire one for Scout? Oh, um, Cult of Icarus. Cult of Icarus, yes. Yeah. I, I got a page from I think nice. I think two pages from issue one. So yeah, I, I, I am I have invested in what I believe is going to be some very valuable artwork from yeah. Carl. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, this is uh, Jacob Edgar uh, did this story. He's working with Bendis now on the ones for Dark Horse. Um, and you know he's got a real classic style. Uh, it was fun to apply to sort of a. I a, do remember yeah. this story. This story is incredible. Cool. That's yeah, all this I'm is, gonna say. It's a, one of my favorites that I've written for sure. Felt like it uh, worked really well. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's just you know just mixing it up as much as possible. Um, so each issue is about coming in at like at least 50 pages um mm. the third one i'm gonna push to 60 with uh, oh wow some fun front matter uh that i've got planned for that um and each issue features i guess the stories and then i've got some sort of fake advertisements <laughs> that are in the tradition of you know robocop and starship troopers and that kind of stuff right. satire stuff uh and then each issue leads and exits with uh messages from the corporation that um is presenting this to you so uh-huh. So is this the so this is the Kickstarter for issues two and three, and you also have yeah so, and, yeah. And your, I wanted so your to first yeah. Kickstarter was number one. Yes, yeah. 
So I've got one stock for stock of one on hand um, from the first Kickstarter. And then this is to get two and three printed and shipped out to everybody, hopefully, if we succeed. And I wanted to have one, obviously have one in there for people that were um, just finding it. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, so. Um, Jeremy Brooks uh, did a Corpus Delecti here with Marcus Cripps on colors and issue three has turned out to be a real like sort of pop art, um, bright color extravaganza with uh, this story, which is a, sort of a silent story about um, a chef having to cook an alien delicacy um, <laughs> and how that goes. And then uh, playing possum um, with art by Desalina Fletcher, uh, who did some uh gorgeous both all around work and then the colors are really uh yeah popping as well so um yeah i think that issue is going to be super fun and uh and then like i don't know this uh, this episode of the dash story with carl here in part three is uh completely off the hook as you can see here um so yeah there's calvin and hobbs there's calvin and hobbs and he gets even more calvin and hobbs in a couple spots so um i uh yeah pretty fun um and yeah, so just lots of great folks. Jenna Cha, Grim Wilkins, and Valentine Barker on the covers. Um, and then, and we do have uh, tons of uh, add-on rewards as well as um, the, just the comics themselves. Um, commissions from Dave and Carl and Jeremy. Uh, cool. Well, we, like we've got two of my favorite writers in indie scene gave you a full quote. So let's, I'm not going to do the Aussie accent, but uh, Ryan K. <laughs> Lindsay wrote a brilliant and beautiful distillation of the best things in both sci-fi short stories and comics. Thoughtscape comics is a captivating as it is haunting each story, building another cluster of characters and concepts that'll keep you thinking for days to come. I want, I, I want precisely another 99 issues of this, please. So uh, Ryan K. Lindsay is a guy who, if you haven't read his books, I, you know, basically back Thoughtscape and then go find some Ryan K. Lindsay books because yeah. whenever I read his stuff, I feel drunk afterwards. I literally, my, brain feels different by his stories so uh nice. getting him to to say this about your book is huge and eric uh Palicki, i just feel like he and i love all the same things nice. because when i read his books i'm like oh yeah yeah i love i love this element this element that element and that element <laughs> i'm like i think we really came from many of the same our dna as writers come <laughs> yes. from the same place yeah. Yeah. and eric said it takes a herculean effort to develop new comics especially when you're going it alone where you're responsible for everything from finding the right collaborative talent to handling the logistical nightmares of crowdfunding and fulfillment and then along comes matt Merrill lowry delivering an entire anthology of new work groundbreaking thoughtful new stories to make the rest of us look bad i hate you matt Mara lowry <laughs> i was pretty sure i could count on eric for a good uh a good point. yeah that's a good one. not wrong yes so no um, this is this is yeah. great we've got um you just launched correct uh Monday. 24 yeah, days yeah. to go uh, you are a dollar from $5,500. So if you guys are listening to this on the podcast, you, come on, we got to get them over 5,500, but yeah. shouldn't be by the time you, you hear this and get over there. 
Um, but you're a third of the way with 24 days to go. So it's sitting pretty with 125 backers. Uh, as it's certainly a nice start. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm, it'll be interesting to see, you know, most of the campaigns that I've seen in this zone of uh, mm -hmm. this goal zone um, have uh, either not gotten there or gotten there very quickly. So mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what the what the arc of this brings since we're like a third of the way there mm -hmm. and knowing that the the lull might come at some point and then the right, end is right. coming, you know, it feels like it might be a nail biter, but, um, but we'll see. It, you do have all like, like somebody like me, I, I know of Thoughtscape, but I haven't been able to pick it up. So I did get the bundle with, or added on one and two. I can't remember. If oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, I made sure to get all three issues because I wanted to have all three. So that's the great thing is there could be people who really know your, your work really well and they still have to get issues two and three. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. so that that's a that's a great thing. Um, we all we all want return backers, but new backers that get the uh, ketchup bundle are, are wonderful, too. Yes. Yeah. By the sure. way. Happy New Year, hey, Sean. Johnny. Great to see you. She popped in the comments and, while we were on, on the, uh, oh, nice. the uh, campaign page. I didn't see it. And digital backers are awesome when it comes time for fulfillment. Mm. So yes. we love all backers. <laughs> it's nice and, yeah. It is nice and easy. Yes, absolutely, sure. absolutely. Um, yeah. No, I think I I, I understand. Fifteen thousand dollars is a big goal. Uh, that's not uh, something to get cocky about. But you, you're you're basic. You're you're over a third. You got to get to that halfway mark. But you're so close to the halfway mark. And yeah, yeah uh, certainly true. you you've got the right artists. Uh, working with you to get you some attention too. Cause that's another thing about Carl. He knows how to, he knows how to, to sling marketing too. <laughs> yes. yes, for sure. So, yeah. you know, uh, Ryan K, you know, to bring up Ryan K. Lindsay again, um, will we see precisely 99 more issues of this or <laughs> what's, what's your goal? Well, what's your goal that is, here? That'll be highly dependent on the outcome of at least this Kickstarter, possibly others. Um, yeah, I'm so I also I have issue four, except for Carl's story, which he's going to start this in the next couple of weeks. Um, issue four is pretty much in the bag, including a cover from Carl that is awesome oh, wow. for the whole for the whole comic. Um, mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so that issue is pretty much done once Carl's got his stuff done. Um, so that that'll be ready to roll. And so my hope is that if the, if the campaign succeeds, I can fulfill summer-ish that quickly following that, I would do a campaign for four uh, that was slightly less ambitious and then basically try to get onto a uh, one or two issues um, regular sort of rotation with things. I haven't really, mm -hmm. this, this feels like a big test for me in a few ways of like, how to group these things um, and bring them together as two issues digestible for folks um, to, to, you know, fund that. Cause it, it'd be nice to not have to do, it'd be nice to do two Kickstarters a year and be, and do four issues a year, which was my original, like quarterly was sort of my original goal um, before I even was thinking of crowdfunding this. So um, 
Yeah, so that's, you know, I got story for miles. So um, if anybody wants to drop a whole bunch of money in, um, I'd be happy. <laughs> I'd be happy to start plotting all 99 issues um, and their, and their spinoff series. And it sounds to me like Ryan K. Yeah. Lindsay, you know, money where your mouth is, buddy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that'd be fun. It, um, the chance. And, you know, I've thought... Uh, some ideas to maybe spin some stuff off uh, if to get into some single issue stuff that maybe isn't quite as much to fund that kind of thing. So, right. Right. It's all, I mean, I'm sure we all sit around and dream about our, like if our, if we had our ultimate plan, how does that look? And it, it looks, you know, like we've all got a whole line of uh, a, a dark horse or something, but you know, yeah. 72 yeah. issues for, for Kevin. Uh, that's what we're doing, right? Kevin 72. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was 42. And then I learned how hard this is. And I whittled it down to about 26 or 27. And I wish I could have whittled it down to about 18. <laughs> but and I, I have the, I have the full art for tart 15. Oh, wow. We, nice. The editors have the script. So as soon as we get the notes, we can, we'll be, 15 of 27 then 16 of 27 so it's not that i want to be done with tart because i absolutely love working on the story but i really want the readers to be able to see what we read the yeah what 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 we did i I, you know and i i kind of want to i want a finished thing and that's why you know will and i always joke about our you know epic things and we learn like yeah. <laughs> do something like you like you can do yes you said quarterly would be great but if next year you do two issues and you do one campaign you can do that it's not yeah. mm-hmm. you know every issue adds onto it without without feeling like it has if you don't do the singular last issue thoughtscape comics isn't unfinished yes which yeah. is really smart about what you do yeah mm-hmm. Yes, that was a, a lucky accidental decision. I'm glad it happened for sure. Most most good decisions in comics are actually luck, yeah. not yeah. not any thought. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you strategize, you make a mistake. Yeah, I only have 16 True. issues to go on crossover division. Just 16. Yeah, there, <laughs> oh yeah, genius, genius. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Matt, really appreciate it. I also appreciate last year you you filling in for me when. I oh think, yeah, it was fun. I think I think when I was on a trip, you you came in and, yeah. and guest hosted. So I do appreciate it. Um, yeah, let's Convers- do. Oh, conversation ahead. conversation devolved into talking about DC's Baxter paper at some point. I oh believe. yeah, there was that. Right? <laughs> Maybe only of interest to Will and I, uh, probably. Yes. But we totally nerd. We totally nerded out on that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I have. I would not have been much help because I don't know the difference between Bas- Baxter paper. Like that should be Fantastic Four comic, not DC. Come on, huh? It is confusing. It's one of the yes. many confusing, arcane things about eighties <laughs> comics. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I know what newsprint is, but I don't know what Baxter paper is. <laughs> um, but no, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And the cool thing is, Will and I don't have to. Um, screw up any campaigns that are still live because we took two weeks off. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations to Pat Shand, uh, Smoke Weed See the Future funded just finished. Yep. about three hours ago and uh, just a pleasure. Uh, next week we're probably going to have Baron B. They've got a book called Crossroads are going to come on 
and I think one other special guest. I think um, How to Build an, Build an Army, which is a manga from, um, oh, I'm, I'm blank, and it's late, and I'm tired. So uh, find out next week who it is. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, appreciate it. Sean, oh, yeah, great to so see you. Me. Happy New Year. Yep, happy and... New Year. Thanks again, Matt. Yeah, thank oh, you, guys. Appreciate you know it. what? You know what? Let's do one thing. One thing for us. Uh, if Shawnee's still here, can't tell. Let's show. Happy New Year. Looks like it. <laughs> Let's show some pages from uh, Tart 15. Yeah. I thought, yeah, this is freaking awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we were going to keep this a secret. And then we realized we couldn't market the book with the secret. Um, <laughs> there's a character in our universe, Matt, called uh, who is the sixth born son of the King of Hell. Uh, this is uh, Fork. He is the Prince of Hell. Nice. And uh, we sort of killed him off, but devils are, are, are a little rough to kill. So right. it's been about um, issue 10 since we've seen him. And uh, we're going into issue 15, and oh yeah, he's not dead. Yeah, he's cool. not dead, guys. If you thought he was dead, it's comics. <laughs> he's not dead. Look you don't see the body. that is. Yeah, that's I mean, some good oh my art. God. Yeah. And uh, this right here is the king of hell, his father. And I'm not going to give you away what they're talking about, but um, <laughs> I don't know if it's good things. Um, so this is a prologue, which was actually written as an epilogue for Tart 14, um, but um, we missed the stretch goal to actually make it. And so after Ludo finished um, the art for 15, I was like, hey, you really have to do this. We have to put this in. Or Fork just arrives back in our story <laughs> with no explanation. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ludo did these pages, which are as extraordinary comic pages as I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it is really just incredible what he put together. You know, like I, I this was not in the script to to you know just I just had them talking to each other and Ludo just took my boring ass conversation and just turned it into that. And I kind of want to do this as a T-shirt. Oh yeah, I want to take out everything around them, just just them, and do it as a T-shirt. Because it's just such an amazing image, the two of them together. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's for Shani uh, popping in. You you get and and if anybody's listening on the podcast, you can go to the YouTube page and you can check out some of these pages. But uh, yeah, well, Kevin, I I might Ooh, have, we have something some, from you, Ooh. something to show as well. And this is this is far far in the future this is a variant cover for crossover division number seven okay yeah um one second let me find it and i will share it um where are you i have too many folders of stuff all right <laughs> here we go <laughs> it happens it does happen. All right, let's see if I can get this to load. Uh, da, 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 da. Here we go. All right. Um, Federico uh, Sabatini, 
uh, who does a lot of work with Blast Ember and Brant. He also uh, is an artist on Amazing Spider-Man, uh, which is, you know, kind of cool, okay. I think. <laughs> maybe you've heard of that um <laughs> federico i so i basically i'm mapping out you know the next four issue arc and i'm like well i know that i know what the stories are and i was trying to say you know i was trying to say look you know what you know i, I really want you to do a cover but here's what the four stories are what do you want to do and he goes i want i want this one i'm like rock on dude mm -hmm. so um this one it's a variant cover for crossover division number seven. Can you see that thing? Yeah, nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> you might be able to guess what the work that we're crossing over is at that point. Uh, I don't know if the... It looks wonderful, wonderful to me. <laughs> am, am I on to it? I don't think so, no. I was thinking no, we've already... Witch of the West with the, uh, with the socks. No, think more uh, uh, tentacle uh, stuff. So, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Twenty thousand yeah. leagues under the sea. I don't know, man. Not, she looks like a witch. Uh, kind of ish. I get that, <laughs> but uh, sorry, so you should have ended. <laughs> we are uh, we are entering the uh, the mad imaginings of a certain Lovecraft. Uh, with that issue mm -hmm. so okay <laughs> but yeah i'm uh i i i love i so love working with artists i mean it's just you know i'm like hey dude you know what do you think okay how about this okay <laughs> yeah and then they turn <laughs> something like that yeah 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 i mean it's and that's that's one of the I mean, and I, so I totally, you know, Matt, so smart. You get to work with so many different artists per issue. I mean, I mean, it's brilliant, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's just so rewarding because you know, you know, we we have our chicken scratch stuff that we do, you know, in a word processor, and then it gets turned into. Mm -hmm. I'm going to borrow, you know, this these sacrosanct kind of artifacts right yeah. you know just totally beautiful things. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah i mean <laughs> it, it's just awesome yeah it's pretty yeah. pretty fantastic it is it is all right gentlemen thank you uh thank you matt for joining us as always will and uh you want to do another year of this well why not, man? Let's do Let's it. Do it. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. you. Thanks, Thank you for popping in. If you're listening on the podcast, Thanks, you Shani. have to go to the YouTube page to see the artwork. All right. Mm -hmm. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.